Hello, and welcome to the Uneasy Terrain Explorers Club podcast, the place where curiosity is welcomed and no topic is too taboo to tread. I'm your host, Jonathan Doe, and today I'm sitting here over Skype with Yaron, the OG horror YouTuber behind the channel Horrible Reviews. How you doing today, man? Uh, thanks for the introduction. I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good. I, I'm, I appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk with me today. Um, yeah, no, I'm excited. Um, lo- love your channel, love your stuff, and uh, you know we've been talking a little more recently uh, because of some stuff we did together. And um, yeah, no, when you invited me for this, I'm like, yeah, of course, I'll, I'll sit down and have a little talk. <laughs> so yesterday, you dropped an epic collaboration video featuring horror YouTubers from all over the world, and something that I'm very honored that you invited me to be a part of. And that is definitely something that I want to talk to you about today. But before we really get into that, I kind of want to know a little bit about your history. Uh, what is your earliest memory of being a horror fan, and when did you first discover that you had an interest in horror? Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about the, uh, the the collab as well. But let's start at the beginning. Um, when people ask me, like, like, oh, what's your first horror movie, this and that, I usually bring up this story. Maybe if people listen and they're familiar with me, they, they, they've heard the story before. It was. It, it must have been like in the late '90s when um, Scream was just released on uh, on home video, and I was I was I must have been like around like 11 maybe, and my parents rented it just like for like a movie night, for just for them you know, mm-hmm. and I was just about to head up to bed and like from halfway up the stairs like I saw the opening scene and you know like the, the classic like opening scene from Scream right, mm-hmm. and that made such an impression on me like I that I, I was like sincerely scared by it. Um, and I usually bring that up as sort of like a memorable, well, memory, um, but, but when it comes to horror, but after that, it honestly took a little while. I think like in my, in my early teens, like we had sort of like this interest, like me and my friends, we would go to like the video rental store and that was back in the, in the VHS day. So you had like all the, the Friday the 13th and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, stuff like the Hellraiser and it was just like these impressive covers, you know, and we would rent like a few of them. Um... And I was cool, and we would make. I remember specifically that we rented like, and I think it was part five uh, uh, of uh, Friday the Thirteenth, and then we made like a list, like who got killed and how they got killed, like me and my brother and some friends. <laughs> um, but after that, it, it kind of like took a took. Yeah, I wouldn't even call it a break, but I it didn't interest me that much, like film in general, really, until like maybe like my early twenties when I sort of like rediscovered. Um, movies, I, I guess, and from there, it quickly went into like more like horror. I, I think it was during a class I was studying communication and multimedia design. We had a class on like scenario, like writing script writing was just like a one-off class, and the teacher introduced us to like some more like cult type uh, um, movies. I was like, oh, this is cool because I was kind of like getting used to more mainstream stuff and kind of being not very like interested by it, sort of like bored. And then I, was, I just discovered this whole world of, like, cold age. I'm like, oh, this is way cooler. And from there, it just went into, like, low-budget horror. And from there, the, well, it just started rolling. How did, uh, so, so you took a break from cinema, and then you came back to it. How did it evolve into you being a fan of, like, the extreme horror underground? Um, so, yeah, I feel like I was, like... I, in my, in my early 20s, I, yeah, I was like maybe 20, 21, that I started getting more and more with like a specific taste of my own, you know? Um, and it, it really started like at that age, I 
I, I started watching like the Evil Dead and even stuff like that. Like even like all the, the Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. I hadn't even seen that at, at that point. And it was like, cool, cool, cool. And it was just sort of like a, a rabbit hole from like a more like popular gore gore type of, of movies. And I, I feel like in general, I just have like an interest in like when it comes to art, for example, like looking up extremes. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even have to be as extreme as in like, oh, as depraved as possible, but also like, oh, what's the, uh, what's the longest movie ever made? Like what's the oldest movie? What's the... Um, the most expensive, the cheapest, the this, like, and and then if you look on, if you're looking up extremes, and you combine it with the horror genre, then yeah, obviously you're gonna run into the, the, the cannibal holocaust and the silos and stuff. And I, it was just like a little maybe like morbid fascination, or like okay, well, let's see how far they can take it with these movies. Let's see how far I can bring myself to, you know, like where's my limit? And um, yeah, I guess I'm still <laughs> sort of looking for it. I know now for myself where it is, but yeah, then that's when I started the Kenema Holocaust of Salos, Die Spit on Your Grave, The Last House on the Left. And um, yeah, that's, that's also where, where the origin of the, the most disturbing movies ever made series is. Yeah, I definitely can relate to that. I mean, I've always been interested in different forms of extremes with cinema too. Like I used to look up like, what's the longest movie ever made? and Exactly. Yeah, and so that's kind of how I got down that rabbit hole too. Um, so from all of that, what inspired you to start a channel and did you intend for it to be a horror channel or did it start, did it just kind of like grow into that? It was, it was definitely intended to be, um, a horror channel before I should like rebranded the whole thing to uh, horrible reviews as it's known now, as, as it's known now, uh, the, the original URL, I guess for the, for the channel was LB horror review with LB, which stands for low budget. No, nobody figures that out, but yeah, no, I, like I said, when I just started to discover the, the evil death and stuff like that, I was just fascinated by the, but by the low budget do-it-yourself aspect of it all. Like, I was like, this is so cool that these are people, they have an idea, they they, they just made it against all odds, low, low budget, not per se like the best actors writing, and but, but they made fun movies. And so the, the first movie I ever talked about on my channel is uh, Herschel Golan Lewis's Blood Feast, because for me that was like a prime example of like, sure, it's not a good movie, it's, it's terrible, but it's fun, and like the, the story behind it is so fascinating, and um, I was getting more and me more into those type of low-budget horror movies, and I was like, I didn't have anyone to talk about it with, like my friends were like, they, they didn't care for that stuff, so I would tell them like, oh, uh, Blood Feast, it's like the first Splatter movie, and it was Herschel Gwyneth Lewis, and he was like a like a, he came from there with his background, and they were all like, oh, we don't really care, you know? And um, it was in 2008, and and I was just like, I was studying, like I said earlier, communication and multimedia design, so I learned a little bit of editing myself, and I was like, you know, I can just use this platform, YouTube, which, I mean, obviously was around already at the time, but it was very different than it is right now. I was like, hey, this is kind of ideal. Just talk about the movie, say what I want to say, keep it both funny, because I always wanted it to be, like, funny and entertaining, um, but also have like some info, like some background information. I'll put it in a video, um, upload it to YouTube. I can just send it to my friends and they can decide whether or not they want to see it, you know? And um, so it was literally just a, a sort of like place for me to get to get these thoughts out, you know? Like, yeah, it, it started as like a little passion thing. Um, it was definitely intended to be horror, but it was also just intended to share with like friends and family, basically. 
That's awesome, and that's really interesting that you started with Blood Feast. It's almost, like, symbolic, you know, like, the start of your channel, and Blood Feast is, like, considered by many to be, like, the start of, like, the splat, like splatter films. I think that's pretty pretty cool. Exactly, like, and, and, and I hold the, the movie dear to my heart for, well, for the reason that it is, I wouldn't even call it a guilty pleasure. I'm not, per se, the biggest fan of the term guilty pleasure, because I'm not ashamed to be a fan of Blood Feast. I, I love that movie. It's hilarious. Um, but, yeah, it's indeed also symbolic in a way that for the exact reason that you described that is that is a good one yeah um so i saw recently you like posted a shared something on social media of you uh celebrating your first 100 subscribers which i thought was really really cool um and i was wondering at what point did you realize that you like you started seeing success with your channel and you kind of realized that you were onto something uh, uh it, so it was definitely not back then um because yeah uh, a guy reached out to me jeff um jeffrey and 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 he was like excited about this upcoming video that i'm well that i posted uh uh that we did yesterday mm-hmm. and he's like oh man i'm excited you've come so far I remember seeing your video that because i gave him a shout out in that video that that 100 subscriber special and that was so I, I, I always have all my videos saved, so I looked it up I, because I, I, it's not on YouTube anymore. Like, I put it, like, I think I deleted it. Back then, like, some, like, videos I just deleted. Um, mm. But I looked it up. The video was from 2010, and I started my video, in, uh, my channel in 2008, so it took me two years to get to 100 subscribers. And it's so, it's so, such a long time ago. I barely remember, like, getting there, you know? Um, and it was in, because... The moment that I realized, like, hey, I might be onto something here, it was, it was early on when I was doing the Disturbing Movie series mm-hmm. that I sort of saw, like, a splurge in views and audience. And that's when I was like, hey, this this might actually be something. And obviously that's also the reason why um, I've been doing that series for so long because that just resonated with people for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, you said earlier... Uh, that that YouTube's really changed, and it really has. I mean, the rules and policies have grown and evolved over the years, and it's become a lot more strict. And I was wondering how that's impacted your channel. Has any of your content ever gotten you in trouble with YouTube? Um, y- yes. I remember the very first time that I noticed that they were strict was when I did a video on... That was like... I think even when I still did them in Dutch... The videos, I don't know if it was that long ago, but it was uh, Humanoid uh, from the Deep, the the, the Roger Corman uh, movie. And I just edited and, and did that one like any other video, but um, there was just some nudity in it because I said, like, well, one of the, the cool things about this movie is like it's typical 80s stuff. It's like gore and boobs. So I guess there was some nudity in, in the edit. And that video got deleted and I think got me like a strike, like the first strike I ever had. And I was like, oh, shit. And I think from there on, I mostly started to, to censor nudity. Um, but the, I sort of have like this running joke that I sometimes like bring back in the, in the video. It's like, I, I literally have a scene of, of a Serbian film of the, of the main guy like, like fucking the girl from behind and slashing their head with a machete. And that's all good. But as soon as there's like boobs, then, you know, like, it's like, oh, oh can you show this? You know, it's, it's such it's such a weird um and yeah like the, the rules man it's nudity is uh, is like a no-go 
Um, but I, I can show anything else, basically. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I did a review of a Serbian film. A lot of my videos, actually, like, recently have been, like, there's been a big spike. Probably, like, eight of my videos have been age-restricted. And I don't yeah. really, mm -hmm. I don't really care. But, yeah, I've really cut back on, like, the amount of gore and stuff that I show. I know that nudity is obviously, like, a big taboo, but... I think they're cracking down on gore too at this point, unfortunately. Yeah, the, um, usually when I upload a new video, even before I feel like it could have been like checked by an actual person, um, it, it basically gives me the the demonetization and an age restriction, and I can, you know, you can sort of like appeal them, but it, I I never really try to limit myself to, um, you know. To, to make the, the video work better on, on YouTube, which is like not a good idea if you want to make it like big, big. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to like make, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, just want to do the videos how I envision, envision them. And then if they're demonetized or if they're age restricted, then so be it. But it does suck because it's not helping your video like for the algorithm, you know, like they, they I guess they just don't really want to push age restricted demonetized videos. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you've now completed 30 segments within your most disturbing movie, uh, ever made series. Um, and with the amount of films that you have now under your belt, I was wondering what are some titles that you found to be personally disturbing and what are some of your favorites? Um, the thing is, and you probably must experience this in the, in, in the same way that I have, um, having seen so much like not saying that I'm like oh I'm, I'm, I'm the expert on it I don't want to like come across as that but you know I, I see I've seen quite a few of these titles and it's just different getting into this these type of movies in the beginning and how they they impact your you and then it's exactly like 30 videos later like how how movies impact you at that point because I, I often bring up that that cannibal holocaust was one of the movies that made like the, the biggest impression on me because I was sort of new to the more extreme side of like of, of movies, of horror movies, and me first time seeing Cannibal Holocaust, I was like, "Holy shit!" You know, like this is insane. And of course, the the animal cruelty had a lot to do with it. But just in general, it's such a like an angry movie, like a it's it's a vile one. And th that for that reason, that one always stuck to me. But it's it's kind of like an obvious answer. So I was actually I knew that you were probably gonna. <laughs> so I was like thinking. And especially with me having done that overview video, um, they're all kind of like more fresh in my head, like the ones that I, I've seen. And stuff like Angst and In a Glass Cage, which aren't per se like the most popular titles, but if, if you talk to like a, another fan of, of like extreme movies, they'll be like, yeah, those are great because they're dark, you know? And um, so the, uh, one that I recently sort of discovered because it is still relatively new is it's from Germany, uh, The Golden Glove. I don't know if you've seen that one. No, I haven't seen that one. Uh, it was that one was like I said, like you, you, at some point you, you've seen all these movies and, and it sort of takes a little more to make an impact, I guess. Mm -hmm. But The Golden Glove I was like, oh, damn, this is this is good. I felt like dirty. It's a, it's a German a serial killer movie based on a true story. And um, I always find like a little itchy with 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 serial killer movies like based on actual serial killers like it's kind of weird that they're sort of like profiting of a serial killer i guess mm -hmm. um sometimes make them look cool or like there's this, this a weird relationship between that um but the, the golden glove made you 
absolutely disgusted by what what happened. You know, it's like such a disgusting, dirty movie, and I don't know. That made me appreciate it even more. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. I think that once, like, especially if you've seen a whole bunch of these movies, you kind of become desensitized at a point. And so when you see a movie yeah, exactly. that comes out like recently or or whatever, and it and it gives you that visceral feeling, you're like, it's kind of refreshing because it's almost like nostalgic. Um, so yeah, exactly because that's what you know that was for me initially. Why yeah. I started this journey down this rabbit hole to see like, oh yeah, like how how far can we go? And um, you are like your threshold is a lot further than mine, I think, because. Obviously, given the content of your channel and then the stuff you talk about, um, it's a lot, even I would say, like, more extreme, more underground than most of the stuff, I guess, like, I, I, I cover. So I sort of, like, know my limit. And, um, but that's cool. That's why I like, like, talking to, to people like, like you and, um, well, obviously, you specifically with, with your channel. But now that I started doing Instagram a little more, I follow these people. There's, there's like this huge community in like the, the real like underground extreme horror. And it, it's super interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, like, because people talk about this stuff. They don't realize how deep this goes. You know, it's like it's an endless, like even within just a specific subgenre, like people are getting into mixtapes right now. And I'm like, there's literally thousands of mixtapes. It's not just what people have listed on certain kind of things. It's like you in within horror you can look at a, just a specific like niche subgenre and you could go down that rabbit hole forever and just focus on that one it's so big and that's what one of the things that i thought was cool about the video that you recently came out with the one you came out with yesterday is it kind of allows it's like an overview of everything and then if someone's interested they can dive a little more like you talk about cannibal holocaust or you talked about cannibal ferox like there's a whole subgenre of Italian cannibal films, and if someone likes those films, they can kind of go look at that whole genre, which is pretty pretty interesting. Exactly, yeah. I, I completely agree, and that was definitely the intention of the video as well. To, I mean, I, I called it like the, the beginner's guide, but like I also say in the intro is like, hey, if you've seen all of these movies, you're not a beginner. Like, you're you're deep down the rabbit hole already, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, and that, that's why I try to put it in different categories, that if this your type of stuff, well, here's something to, you know, to get you started. Um, but, for example, I also did, I did a um, a category on, I, I think I specifically said it with documentaries and animations, like two of the categories that, that I feel like, hey, I never really went down this rabbit hole. So, hey, this is a, a start, but there's so much more. But, yeah, at some point it is, like, you maybe you pick your niche or you just keep it a little more general because yeah otherwise there's just too much and there's too little time you know yeah and i and i thought that was a great approach that you took i mean i i personally don't know that much about disturbing animated films like i saw i'd seen a couple that you listed on there but i was it, that really opened my eyes and made me be like oh shoot there's like a whole world of this that i should probably check yeah, out yeah yeah that's cool um and, and this is oh sorry you go uh, no go ahead go ahead yeah i know the one thing that i want to say is that because you, obviously, obviously you picked um, Tumbling Bottle of Flash and you did uh, um, a, a Naked Blood. And that, like, you can go down that, like, I called it sort of like the, the Japanese lo-fi, like these, these shot, on, shot on video, Japanese 90s, mostly 90s stuff. Like, you can go deep there. And I'm not per se the biggest expert in, in, in that field either. But that's why I'm glad that you picked those movies, for example, to talk about because you're so comfortable with that subject matter. Um, I don't know, like you have some kind of like authority over it. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know, just another rabbit hole. But um, 
Yeah, there's so many. Yeah, that's that's kind of like my one of my favorite areas. I really like those films. Exactly. They're really <laughs> they're pretty gnarly. <laughs> they've, <laughs> they're they've, definitely pretty gnarly. So, kind of on the flip side, like the flip other side of the coin with this question is since since you've seen so many of these films, what are some titles that you found to be disappointing or were your least favorite? Because a lot of these films have these huge hypes and everyone talks about them all the time and then you actually sit down and watch it and you're like, that's it, you know? So what are some titles that gave you that kind of feeling? Um, I don't know. I usually do some kind of um, well, research, as in, even if it's just like, trying to read all the positive and the negative reviews or at least skim through them. So I sort of know what to expect. And at some point you have an idea of a movie and, and how it fits in for me personally, like what I would like and not. Um, for example, a, a Nikki, Nikki, the rumor, is that how I pronounce it? Tumbling Girl of Flash. Um, you know that that one online is hyped up to be this and all, you know, like crazy, the story movie. And I was, initially a little disappointed by that one for example like if we take a specific example um but so much has to do with um expectation expectation management i guess mm-hmm. um going into these movies it's um i feel like it's the same thing with for example a it's, it's an maybe like low-hanging fruit but like a, a megan is missing you know how that one is especially now it made like a sort of resurgence like it got popular on tiktok and people talk it up to be this whoa this is this is this is crazy. This is really disturbing. The movie is pretty terrible, in my opinion. You know, like sure that the ending is kind of like messed up, but the the majority of the movie is not very well made, and it completely takes you out of any like suspense of, of disbelief to make make it effective. Um, it it happens every now and then. I, I I can't even really think of too many that are like that was were like really really disappointed. I often go in some of these movies expecting me not to like them, but that I just, at least I've seen them, you know, and I can cover them on the channel. Um, yeah, no, no, not, not, not like huge disappointment that I can think of. Yeah. I think where a lot of that comes from is people from the mainstream who don't really know these films and the, and the film gets, gets mainstream attention. Like Megan is missing is I think is a perfect, a perfect example is most of the people that are saying Megan is missing is the most gnarly thing ever probably haven't seen August underground or cannibal Holocaust. You know, it's that's to them. That is their, the craziest thing they've ever seen, which is fine. But then it trickles down into our community and us being so having seen so many of these films, you kind of like, you kind of roll your eyes at it. Yeah. And I feel like, especially with the, um, with specifically with Megan is missing, it sort of became, it's become sort of like an inside joke within people that are more into the extreme movies that they're like, oh, how cute, look at these kids discovering Megan is missing and stuff, you know? Uh, but it's all good. You have to start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it, that might be an entry point for a lot of people to discover this kind of stuff, mm-hmm, which, mm-hmm. I, which I think yeah. is fine. But it was funny to me seeing Megan is missing blow up because I was like, this movie's been out for a decade and no one's been talking about it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it... yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's um, Adam from from your movie sucks.org. He did he did a for me sort of like an end like the ultimate making it missing review, and he just he just like pulverizes that movie like he completely like oh it's such it's such a funny video, and I was like yeah that's that's what everybody thinks of this movie, but then like so many years later oh, there it is again. That's awesome. I'll have to check that out. Mm-hmm. 
And honestly, that, that, that review is like eight years old or so by now. It's funny. <laughs> so talking about trends, basically, because I think Make is, is Missing was kind of a trend. One of the biggest trends that's going on in the horror YouTube community right now is the disturbing movie Iceberg. And I was wondering, what are your thoughts on that this trend and its popularity? So, um, yeah, I, I've, I've been thinking a lot about For me, when I noticed that this was a trend, was basically for me it all started with Wendigoon's video. You know, the one that I'm talking about, right? It was yeah. a big release, like maybe like five months ago. Like it blew the hell up. Like it's up to like almost four million views right now. <laughs> And the thing is, I think that video is from February this year, like around that time. And I remember specifically because I just started getting the ball rolling for this um, big collab video that we released yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. um, because in February, I started reaching out to people that I thought would be cool to be part of it. And when I started that, I, I, I knew that I still had to do, I think, the last two or three parts of the Disturbing Movie series, like... 28, 29, and 30. I still had to do them, but I, I thought, like, I'll just get the ball rolling for this big collab. And then I saw that video, that Wendigoon video blow up, and it was kind of what I was planning on doing. So I was like, shit, you know, like, someone beat me to it. Um, and I, I've, I've talked to Wendigoon since, like, a bunch. You know, obviously, he's in the video as well. And, and he's, like, a super cool dude, and I really like his take on the movies that he did for the video. But in all honesty, the Iceberg video, I was a little disappointed by the one that he did because it was relatively like like quick takes on it. And um, like, for example, you did the whole like snuff R73, like let's get rid of all the, the misinformation. And, you know, like he, he could have done maybe like more research for that initial Iceberg video. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing, but it resonated with so many people. And I got so many messages and comments. Hey, are you gonna do your take on it? What, what, what did you see? And I was like, dude, I, I can't tell these people. I'm working on something similar, which I think is going to be just as cool, if not more, you know. But I, it, it, I just knew it was gonna take months before I uh, was able to finish it. But at the same time, I am happy about these this new trend because I feel like, oh, maybe let me just write it, even though I've been doing these disturbing movies for like ten years. Hey, maybe it'll help my channel as well like if people want to see disturbing movies like hey that's kind of what i've been doing for all these years you know yeah yeah i think i think it's and, go ahead go ahead so yeah about the, the the actual like content of the the, the iceberg you know the, the, the lower tiers it's what you say like it's it's such a completely different niche of of I don't even, I wouldn't even like to call them disturbing movies, you know, like mixtapes and stuff like that. That's definitely past my threshold of what I want to see, you know, you, you, you know, that stuff. And that's, that's why I love that, uh, our 73 video you did, like it shows that you're like an authority on, on, on the subject matter. And like, everybody's now like, Whoa, deep web shit, yo, this and this and that. You're like, you know, like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like double the, the, the video got so popular. And now everybody jumps on the bandwagon, and it's the same like you and me and other some people that are in it for like longer. And it's not about like elitism or like gatekeeping, but it's it's you know you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. I mean, I feel like a lot of people just gravitated towards those films because they're at the bottom tier, and so people think that it's this. It's almost like legendary, or or there's like almost kind of like a lore around those films, even though in reality they're just 
burned DVDs of shit people downloaded off of like bestscore.com. You know, it's not it's not this exactly. secret thing. They're just stupid video. It's like a it's just lazy, I think. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh uh-huh. and that's why, you know, like I I I I always say that I I'm a big fan of cinema in general, you know, like it's 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 such a beautiful art form and when you come to those bottom tiers, like there's none of the artistry left anymore. And that's why I don't really care for it. I, I also just, as soon as it's like real life gore, I, I also just, I, I can't stand it in the sense that, like, it, it's just too much. Like, it makes me honestly, like, feel sick and I just don't want to see it, you know? Yeah, I, I totally understand that. I mean, if I watch that stuff for for any period of time really it kind of makes it just puts me in a depressed mood you know it makes you very nihilistic Mm -hmm. and just think the world's awful (laughs) and uh, yeah even more than you probably are normally already (laughs) so yeah um so i think this is a good transition into you talking about your video so for those who are new to this or listening right now uh yesterday you dropped an epic three hour and 40 minute long collab video called the ultimate beginner's guide to disturbing movies and it featured youtubers from all over the world and uh i mean you are expressed it already you've been working on this for months and i was wondering where did the inspiration kind of come from and what was the what was the process of putting this all together uh yeah i'm, I'm so even like excited to talk about this one because it has been so long in the, in the making i'm so happy that we that was able to drop it yesterday and that has been uh, well received so far. Um, so I started doing this disturbing movie series in 2012, so almost 10 years ago. And yeah, like early this year, I was even like these past few years or so. Like I sometimes have trouble with like where I'm, where do I want to take the channel? And then I do some like for example a recent one that I well I feel like it's recent, but it's probably like two years ago already. Uh, was for example the video uh, video did on the on the Black Emmanuel series, mm-hmm. and I love that video because it was oh I mean they're still pretty disturbing some of them obviously, but I had so much fun like watching and rewatching some of the movies, um, researching writing like making that video, and I was like oh I kind of want to focus on more like other stuff but the, the disturbing movies videos they just get the most views so at some point it was like yeah I must have been at part twenty seven or so I was like you know what. Let me just wait, work my way up to 30 because I'm, you know, like I, I'm always like com- comfortable in round numbers. So I was like 30, is, it's, it's no 50, it's no 25, but 30, it's nice. Like, let me get there and yeah, maybe do something big to, I always sort of saw it and still see it as like the, the my magnum opus when it comes to disturbing movies and that, uh, hey, people from disturbing movies, now I can just be like, hey, go to that video. That's like three and a half hours worth of disturbing movies. And for me to then give a break, give it a break, the certain movies and focus on some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Because at, at some point it was also like, you know, I just have like a full-time job and I, I love doing the, the YouTube channel, but all the movies that I cover, even if I've seen them before, I rewatched them for the for the video. Um, so at some point it was just like, I, I was just watching movies because I was going to cover them on the on the YouTube channel. So just all oh, oh, more disturbing movies, there's more than the that's like that's why I said like I had so much fun doing the Black Emmanuel well because some of them I hadn't seen. I really wanted to see them for a long time, so I had a good excuse to see them, talk about it. Um, but I'm, I'm, I just kind of like on this sort of like burnout when it comes to disturbing movies, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I figured I'll just do this big video. I'll cover. I'll, I'll get like 200 titles, you know, like basically all the ones that I've covered plus some more. 
But then I figured, like, hey, if I'm going to do that, I have to do it the right way. I have to, like, because it's going to be such a big thing, maybe involve the community in it. And, and that's when I just started reaching out to people that, basically people that I follow, um, that, that I admire, that I think would be a good contribution to the, um, um, to the, to the you know, like the overall project. Uh, to, to my surprise, like, the majority, almost all of the people that I reached out to, they were like, they were down, they were happy to be part of it. And I, that, that was super exciting. And it just sucked that because when people started saying, oh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll be in and they pick movies to cover. And I was like, I was so excited, but I knew it was going to take months before <laughs> I could share it with the world, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you sent you sent out that whole list, and you were talking, and when you sent when you contacted me about it, I was like, "This is." I was like, "I was not envious of the amount of editing that you were gonna have to do," <laughs> like, but it turned out so amazing, man. It was a great job, but and it was so cool that you reached out to all kinds of people. I mean, you reached out to really big YouTubers, and then you reached out to to smaller YouTubers, and I think it really kind of brought the horror YouTube community together. I think it was a really good service that you did. Yeah, thanks. And, and again, thanks for, for being part of it, because like I told you before, uh, just like one on one when we were talking, like, I don't know, with, with you and uh, I even I discovered you relatively late, but I almost immediately fell in love with your style and, and content. It's like, oh, dude, I, I can't do this video without having a cinema's underbelly in it. You know, it don't even make sense to me. And um, some of the bigger ones was sort of like a risk. Well, I'm not going to say a risk, but it was just like, hey, if, if I don't try, you know, I'll never know. But for, because, like, for example, Spooky Rise, he's, he's been blowing up crazy in the um, disturbing movies uh, scene on, on YouTube. And, and I really like his, his approach. And But I also figured, like, hey, if I can get him on board, uh, the people are going to like that, you know? Um, and so when I reached out to him, he went, and I was actually kind of surprised that he said, like, dude, of course. Uh, like I saw your channel, it's always been like an inspiration for me to do these movies on YouTube, and I was like, I was like kind of honored, honored, you know? Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Like, no, I felt the same way, man. Like when you when you invited me on, and then you told me about the other people that were going to be on there, like Bloodbath and Beyond and Spooky Rice. I was like, holy mm -hmm. shit! I was like, this is this is awesome, you know? And yeah, and, and yeah, and it, and it is cool because, like you say, it is really a community, and I, I've learned that now more than ever. For example. Spooky Rise in his take on uh, um, women's, what's it called? Women's Slash, my, my Red Gut? Yeah. I can, I can, <laughs> he even said at the end, right? Like, oh, but if you really want to dig into the stuff, check out Cinema's Underbell. Like, he knows this shit. And it's like, you know, like all these channels know each other. And it's, it, it, yeah, super cool. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, when you wrote to me, I was like, is this who I think it is? And then I like looked it up. I was like, no way. <laughs> That's really cool. Because I've been yeah, watching your stuff for a while, man. I've been watching you since pretty early on so wow yeah that's that's so cool yeah and it's it's so difficult to get visibility in especially on youtube with this type of content like i i'm not quite sure how i found out about yours probably through another channel and then i'm like hey this this is good stuff like why do i not know about this like do i how do i how do i search for this stuff <laughs> you know it's, it's difficult yeah, it is difficult, but I think I think one thing that your video showcased that I think is really cool is that even though we're all kind of covering the same topic, we all bring something different and unique to the table. Like you bring something different, Spooky Rice brings something different. Like the horror geek, he's got his whole approach to it as well, and so it's like a lot of different flavors 
all kind of covering the same topic, which I think is really interesting. Like, I don't, my videos aren't funny, and I, I'm not really very funny. <laughs> I, if I tried, I think I would embarrass myself. But I bring kind of a, a my own flavor to the table, and it's it's really cool. It was really cool to kind of just see all the, just like, May, Nick Spears, like, she's got her whole approach to it, too. And it was just cool, all the different personalities that exist, like, that all love the same I, topic. I, I completely agree, and I mean, you know this as well, the, the way I approach everybody, I, when when I explained to them what I would expect from their segment, I told everybody, please do it as much in your own style as possible. Do it how you would do it for your own channel. Um, if you use background music, give me that. If you don't use background music, I, I also won't put mine under it. I just want it to feel like representative of, of what you do. Uh, yeah, like you say, there's so many different approaches to it, and and that's that's the reason I, I reach out to these people because I like their style and I don't want them to change their style to fit in this video because I figured like it's gonna work it's gonna work out itself you know and and it did I feel yeah man you made you did make you made something awesome I think it's gonna like it already had so many people watching it already but I I could see this going viral I think I think I'm like got my fingers crossed waiting to see like what's gonna happen but I think like this could be like the next like the Windy Goon iceberg, this could be like the Windy Goon iceberg where it blows up. Yeah, I, uh, and I and, and I don't um, assume that it will. Like it, it would be super awesome, obviously. Um, it's it's gonna be because Windy Goon he played it. That's smart. He he played it relatively safe. I feel with the iceberg video, not showing too like not showing graphic content at all, and even in the way he worded reviews, he wouldn't be like, oh, there's like people being raped and this and then he's more like oh and there's people are being armed and stuff like yeah. because even that's probably like a, a better approach but then again i wanted to do it yeah i, I just didn't, I didn't want to push it beat around the bush i wanted like this is it these are the type of movies and uh, yeah youtube is not gonna like this and it might influence on, on how well it does but i don't know I, I feel like people will find this video regardless if if they yeah if, if, if this is their strict yeah, I mean, especially with, like, Reddit and stuff, I think that's where a lot of attention comes from is, like, yeah, you've got the YouTube algorithm, but you've just got people who are sharing it on different social media platforms, and I think that could help it blow up, too. That's true. Let's, let's hope. It would be cool, definitely. <laughs> so you, you've, t you've kind of talked about this already, and you mentioned at the end of that video that you kind of have, um, you kind of want to maybe go into a different direction with the channel, and I was wondering what can we expect, what it, what are, what are some plans that you have for the channel moving forward? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely, even on on, on the short term, like short, like uh, nearby future, definitely a little break from the disturbing movie. So the next video is not going to be like part thirty-one. You know, like I'm just gonna let it be for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, what I'm actually kind of like excited about to cover is these. I call them because I found like a playlist from this film critic that I, I'm Jason something is his name I love must uh, I'm blanking on a little bit but he made a letterbox um, list mm -hmm. and it, it, he called it like outsider art uh, outsider cinema outsider art and it's it's these these sort of like misguided ill ill attempted passion vanity projects that are just they're, they're a specific type of so bad it's good. You know, like, because when you talk so bad, it's good. Obviously, you're going to talk about the, the rooms, and, and the room is one of the things that I still love that movie, but it's, it's, it's become so popular that it's sort of, like, tainted it, it legacy, its legacy in a, in, in a little bit, you know? Um, but 
recently, I through that list, I found this film director called he just he calls himself C Tom, like lowercase C T O M. Mm-hmm. Um, this weird obscure filmmaker. He made like four features, um, and Song of the Blind Girl was the one that I found out, and I couldn't get my hands on it. Like I had to order like a physical copy from Amazon, but just what I read about it, that it was like such a weird, strangely problematic, so bad it's good conspiracy theories thrown in everything type of movie. I was like, oh, this sounds crazy. And I ended up watching the whole filmography of the guy. I'm like, this is, nobody talks about this. Nobody knows this. And it's it's such fascinating, weird cinema. And that's more the type of stuff that uh, I, I want to focus on. This other filmmaker that I've, I've seen two features of now, uh, Damon, Damon Peckard. He did a reflection of evil. It's, I think like his magnum opus. It's just insane cinema and i've seen another movie that he did it's, it's such weird stuff it's it's not per se good it really is a like outsider art i kind of want to focus on that stuff but it's, it's also um stuff like the other a little while back i, I watched um science craze have you have you heard of that one no i have not it's this shot on video is it like late 70s early 80s um like a shot on video horror movie and like literally for like no money it's honestly one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. It's so undescribably bad and, and hard to sit through, but funny to talk about, <laughs> um, you know? Like, that's the kind of stuff I want to focus on more. There's sort of, like, specific niche within the so bad it's good. Um, sometimes so bad it's terrible, like a science race. Um I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think, like... Um, even, even maybe a, 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 the, the films of Ed Wood, something like that, you know? Everybody knows Plan 9 and, and maybe um, uh, Glenn or Glendower, but he, he's done a bunch more. Um, and I kind of like Ed Wood. I, 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 recently, I finally saw uh, Jill Bade and... Oh, what's the... Oh, damn, I'm blanking on the, on the last one. Um, I kind of like those movies. They're charming, you know? And, yeah, it, it's just more that, that type of movie that I think I want to focus on for a little while. That's really exciting, man. That's really cool. I'm excited to check those out. One thing you might be interested in is um, Marcus Cook, who did Bloodshock from the American Guinea Pig series, and he made uh, 100 Tears. Uh, he did the gore effects for, for my movie Barf Bunny. He made a mixtape series uh, called M- the MK Ultra series, and it's not like the, the mixtapes we've been talking about. It's like a really stylized edited collection of just weird things that you find on the internet and like weird vhs videos and stuff like i wouldn't even call it horror it's just fucking completely bizarre and weird and so that might be something that you'd be interested in checking out too whether that sounds like right up the alley of what you're kind of talking about is like weird art art style projects so i just figured that that is cool um how's it called yeah all of myself mk mk something how did you call it MK Ultra, MK Ultra Mix. Okay. Oh, I think I might have seen the title, but you know, like, like as soon as I see like oh mixtape, I associate it with well, yeah, what what most people associate these, these mixtapes with. But that actually sounds fun. It's just like like a collection of bizarro stuff. Yeah, it's just like weird, like I don't know, just weird like videos from the internet or weird VHS tapes that he's collected from yeah. like thrift stores and stuff, and he just kind of edited it all together, and it's just. It's it's a lot of fun. It's like something you'd put put on like in the background to play at a party or something, you know. Exactly. Ah, uh, that's cool. Uh, that that's, that sounds. I I don't think I was familiar with that. That that sounds intriguing. I'm gonna definitely look into that. 
Yeah, I'll send you a trailer later, later after. Yeah, we're yeah, cool. I think, like, sort of like on an unrelated note, it's, it's been a while back, but uh, Marcus Cog, Cog, how do you pronounce his last name? Cook, like C O O K. Cook. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he did reach out to me at some point, and but then I, I wasn't too familiar with it. Did he work on um, Bouquet of Guts and Gore? Like the first, what's it called? The first American guinea pig. Did he do the special effects on that one too, or? Yeah, he did the special effects on that one as well. Yeah, okay, because I think he reached out maybe shortly after I did my review on the first American guinea pig, and I kind of like shit it on the movie. <laughs> but he was like, um, he said like, hey, dude, fair enough. And then he told me about like that he did like 100 Tears. And 100 Tears is one of those movies that, I don't know, I'm kind of fascinated. I've still not seen it, but I, I know that these movies are mostly about awesome gore effects and i kind of want to i am i'm curious you know and 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 it's exciting that you got to work with him on, on, on your movie yeah him and i are are pretty good friends at this point and we work on a bunch of stuff together and he's like a really good effects artist and like a hundred tears I, yeah. like i'm not really into the whole like killer clown subgenre but he it's such it's a gnarly bloodbath splatter film like it's almost i would compare it to almost like uh dead alive just like tons of blood and gore wow it's like off the yeah. yeah. It's fun. It's a fun movie. Yeah, exactly. That's why I, I I don't know why I yeah why I never sat down to watch it because it does sound like right up my alley. Like I also don't care for killer clowns at all, but I figure like again, you know you gotta have some story. <laughs> but then for example, oh, what was the other clown movie that recently came out um, that was like super gory? Damn, I'm blanking on a lot of titles right now. Uh, do you know which one I'm referring to? Uh, Torment came out, which was like everyone got upset because it had like a lot of gay rape in it. People got upset about that one. And then there's. What? what? Yeah, so that was Torment. I'm, I'm... That's from Unearthed Films. They have like a Too Extreme for Mainstream label. And so they mm. released it. And it's like, it's kind of like supposed to be influenced by the John Wayne Gacy thing. But it's basically like a clown who like rapes and kills men. And people got, like, really upset because oh. it's got some pretty, like, explicit... Like, you actually see, like, anal penetration in the movie. And so people... Oh, got... no, that, that, that one I don't know, then. That sounds... Um, that sounds <laughs> Terrifier was the one that I meant. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, Terrifier. Yeah, that's that's another one. I mean, I, I'm not f that familiar with that genre, so... But no, I, no, I... exactly. But that, because that one I, I ended up watching because people said, like, oh, this is this awesome, like, gore. Like, it's super over-the-top gory, and... That's what I liked about that, and I feel like yeah, that's, I should just watch a hundred tears. Though probably even if I don't care for the, the the clown aspect of it, if there's like great gore effects in it, yeah, I, I have to give it a go. Yeah, like even just watch the trailer and you'll be like, oh, okay, this looks this looks fun. <laughs> yeah, like oh, I know that. Yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> um. So another question I have is, so what are some of the things your interests and passions outside of YouTube and horror movies? That's 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 a nice question because whenever you talk about the the channel, they that's not where they go. So um, I'm um, I think for for my work, I do uh, motion graphics animation, and I love that stuff. Like it's a very specific type of two D motion graphics animation. I, I I find that very interesting, just uh, because it's my work. I don't do too much of it outside of work because I'm like, well, yeah, like this is my my time off. <laughs> um, but yeah, like. Uh, and it's different from like animated because I don't watch that many animated movies, but like just very 
like well-designed motion graphics animation. I just like, oh, like it's, it's beautiful to me, and and I, and I love that stuff. But besides that, I'm I'm, I'm a huge um, hip hop fan. Like I'm, it's it's I've been a, a big hip hop fan for like I don't know, probably since my early teens. So probably like like 20 years, and I've been like listening very actively to, to hip hop, and I, I love making like doing or like you know, like curate a playlist or like I've made a bunch of like mixes myself and just put them on, on, on YouTube to share with people. And I feel like they are sort of like well curated in the sense that I feel like I sort of know what I'm talking about <laughs> when it comes to like, like hip hop. And, um, and sometimes it's, it's frustrating. And I also don't want to be like, how, as, as they call it, like an old head who is like stuck in the like, oh, everything was better in the nineties because I just love the nineties hip hop, the, the sound. And it, it's just very different compared to what's popular right now yeah um but i try to i try to keep up the day but yeah like i have a huge huge love for starting like late 80s up to like late 90s like hip-hop i i love it so much like a lot of my time goes into discovering more hip-hop listening like organizing it in my personal playlist and, and stuff like that um that's that's a, that's a big passion for me as well and i have that the same with um, a very specific era of um UK garage and grime. It's, it's, it's a little different uh, niche of music, but in the um, early 2000s, like, let's say from like 2000, well, let's say maybe from 2000 to 2005, there was this very, there was a lot happening in, in the UK dance scene, you know, and then specifically from garage onward to what evolved into dubstep and, and, and grime. But then, like those early years of those genres, I love that. Like I'm absolutely fascinated with that stuff. That's awesome. Is uh, is your interest in hip hop where your slogan "What's up, gangsters" came from? Um, <laughs> so I don't know where that came from. I, at some point, I, I, I kind of wanted to not to say like retire it, but I started not using it in every video anymore. But then I got comments like, "Hey, are, are we not gangsters anymore? Like, why, 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 where is the what's up, gangsters?" I mean, it does probably come from me growing up with my friends, like white middle class european happy go lucky you know like no worries in the world and then little, growing up listening to like nwa and all that gangs and shit like it's super silly in a way but sometimes we're like oh yeah gangs and shit isn't that it probably comes from that like yeah what's up gang i, I saw recently someone think, thinking that i took it from a uh, super bad you know where where Fogel is his name, where he's like, "Oh, what's up, gangs?" Is like early in the movie. Oh yeah, and yeah. Like, oh shit, yeah, he he does say that as well, but that's not where I I I got it from. I think it was just like you say, like maybe that me and my friends were just like like joking about like, "Yo, gangsters, isn't that?" Because we were because I'm such the opposite of you know. <laughs> I think it's funny. I like it. I think it it definitely kind of like adds a little bit of like flavor to your channel. Like kind of kind of like right off the gate shows kind of your personality and why your videos are so fun. I oh, yeah, thanks, man. That's, yeah, I, I, I've come again to embrace it. Like I said, it was a period that I found like a little cringy and like like silly, but now I'm like, you know, like I cannot start my video with like click, click, opening a beer and be like, what's up, gangster? <laughs> like I, I, I just accepted it and now I kind of like it again. Uh, what is what is your thoughts, if you're, since you're so into uh, hip hop, what are your thoughts on like modern, modern hip hop, like mumblecore rap and stuff like that? I'm not, I'm I'm not per se the biggest fan, um, obviously. As in, um, I don't know the 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 this, and it's not even that I grew up on, on the '90s stuff, you know, because I'm I'm from um, I'm from '87. I'm saying that correct? '87, yeah. So even by the late 
90s i started like independently listening to hip-hop more like in my like my early so it's like in the early 2000s you know so it's not like the 90s are per se nostalgic for me but i just love that that sound and and i feel with, with like the, the 90s era it's it was way more maybe like true to the um hip-hop community and it was more about it, it, it was like more real and that's like the the wackest thing, thing to say but like a lot of these hip-hop right now like at least that's like blowing up that's popular it doesn't have that i feel like less to do with, with the culture and they might not know the history of the genre and sometimes it's just like easy to make this type of hip-hop because it is popular and it'll get your views and money i guess and because there's nothing wrong with modern hip-hop like the sound that i like if you dig deep enough you don't even have to dig that deep people are still making that that, that 90s boom bap hip-hop nowadays you know it's just it, it, it gets less airplay um and, and and I guess it's all trends because in the, in the early 2000s, for example, when you had like the whole bling bling era of hip hop. I don't care for that hip hop either, but that was just a wave that came and, the, and now the mumblecore is more and like all the, the trap, the dirty style trap stuff. Um, I guess it just it comes and it goes, and the, the the current trends are just not per se my style of hip hop. I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I def I feel that for sure. I mean, yeah, I don't really listen to any of that kind of music, but I do, I do feel yeah. like mumblecore is a little bit lazy it feels like i mean i think one yeah, thing that it, sticks out with hip-hop and rap is is the lyrics you know and i feel like if you diminish the lyrics it's almost like listening to just like dubstep or something like it's just the beat yeah yeah it, it is definitely it feels like more um like more like club music i guess mm -hmm. and i i'm like this rent just now i'm doing it at the risk of coming across like again like elite sort of like gatekeeper ish because i do not I, I, I don't I try not to do that at all um but and and it's it's cool that that I mean it's so weird that hip-hop is basically the the pop music of, of this era it's so it's more popular than it ever was and in a way I'm like I'm happy about that because it's also like a, uh you know like an entry and you know people need to I also started probably with with like mainstream hip-hop hearing it on um, MTV and stuff and from there I, I just found my own personal preferences so it's great that it, it's it's big, but I also don't want people like if I tell people, oh, I love hip hop, that like what what's popular now that they think like, oh, so that's what I mean. So like, well, not not that, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, with you saying that you work uh, in animation, one question I always ask people when I find out that they work in like media is, how does that kind of affect you when you watch? Um, content that involves your craft you know so if you watch an animated film or you watch something that has the kind of animation that you do does it kind of can you look at that and be like oh they did a bad job or um oh they did a good job does that like uh, impact your ability to watch any kind of content uh yeah 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 it, it, it does and um, for so yeah specifically with with animation and, and so the, the type of animation i do like it, it's sort of like hard to describe but it's it, it's not um it, it's not like character driven like not per se story driven it's it's like explainer videos but like make it to make it like graphically like interesting um but and, and it's all 2d like i i know that the pipeline of a 3d animation production even like short like commercials or whatever like it's it's a hell um <laughs> of, of a lot of work so when i see like these big budget um movies that have like like um cgi in it 
it, it mostly often just baffles me, like how they've done it, because I I know and I understand like how what a crazy amount of work goes into it, and you know, like my laptop, it, it starts almost exploding when I'm exporting like a, a short like two minute two uh, D animation video, and it <laughs> takes like an hour to export it. Like like imagine having to export the final render for a for the latest Pixar movie. I'm like, holy shit, you know that that it, it's crazy, and it's I find it highly impressive how, how far it has come, especially like like CGI specifically. But the other day at work, I was talking that we were talking about uh, Jurassic Park, for example. You know, and that was like a milestone in, in the usage of uh, well, incorporation of, of CGI. But what I love about um, Jurassic Park compared to a lot of like modern stuff is um, they use CGI where it wasn't possible to do uh, practical effects. You know, mm -hmm. so for example, when you have like a, a total shot of the T-Rex, like obviously, the, or like any dinosaur, it has to be uh, done with the computer. But when it's just like the mouth or like the 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 the, the claws or so, it's it's like still like animatronics. And I love how they incorporate it. And I feel like now it's 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 so easy to just like you know let's just shoot this whole movie against a green screen and we'll, we'll figure it out in post. And obviously, it's more complicated than that, but. I don't know, like, and CGI has to be done well, you know, and, and a lot of it is well, but sometimes when they, like in horror movies, when they start using CGI for, like, blood splurts and stuff, I'm like, dude, like, you, you could have done this practical effect, like, so easy, it would have been so much better. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I've seen a couple of horror movies where they had, like, a, uh, CGI blood splat on the wall, and I was like, how hard would it have been to just throw blood on the wall? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like, feel like, I, I, yeah, then, like, maybe it might have even been cheaper. Like, it's, it, obviously, like, you can always be like, oh, we'll figure out in post. And, yeah, like, you have much more options. But I don't know if it's going to help your project, you know. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily make it any better. Like, in my opinion, it often makes it worse. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, So kind of going back to your channel for a second, or just YouTube in general, uh, what's some advice that you would give someone who's starting out a YouTube channel who's trying to to make to find success? Do you have any words of advice or anything that you would advise people not to do? Uh, I was just about to say one thing that I should advise them not to do is probably follow my advice because um, I, I have not changed with YouTube over the years as much as I should have had if I wanted to make it like bigger, I guess. Um, because I was always just like with, with them getting more strict and, and, uh, and on, on like content and I'm like, oh, I don't like this. I just want to make the content how I want to do it. And people in the past have told me, well, then go to like Big Shoot or go to like this and there. I'm like, yeah, but there is no one there. No one's going to watch my videos over there. Like I have to use YouTube because that's where the audience is, but they also limit you so much. Um, so in a way, even though it's not even like my honest personal advice, I would tell people, especially if you want to get started right now, like, hey, look at what works. And if you want to make it big, yeah, then don't show, like, solo scenes of people eating poop and stuff, you know, because that, that's not going to get your video very far. But um, what I do always have said in the past, and I do still stand by it, is that if, if, um, if, if you make videos, um, prepare them. Like, write a script. Like, I write almost every single word of my, like, my videos is, like, every single word is, like, scripted. Um, it, it, for some people, it works better, like, a free-flowing format, but you have to be good at that. Like, and I don't think everybody is. Um, and it's, 
for me personally, I much rather watch a well-written video rather than a rambling that doesn't really flow all that well. Um, and besides that, what I usually say is make sure that you at least love your own videos. That you know, I, when I finish a video, I love watching them back. You know, like I'm like, oh, this is this is a cool video. This is a funny video. Like if, if you don't even have that with your own videos, then like you shouldn't expect other people to like it either. That's you know, like it's, it's, it's I don't know if that is completely true, but if you yeah, like make the stuff that you would want to see. I think that is kind of important. And sure, you can be like, oh, I have to do something that. Um, not everybody is doing yeah, you have to find something new, but a lot of, specifically for like disturbing movies, there's more channels popping up and yeah, they, they are, it's, it's not even that like, oh yeah, of course you're going to cover Irreversible or like a Serbian film, but yeah, do your take on it, you know, like it's, it's not a bad thing to talk about stuff that's been discussed before, just bring your, your own thing to the table. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And every like, every content creator that I know has like, it's funny that you bring this up, like. I watch my video, like, after I upload my video, I'll watch it, like, eight times just because I'm, like, <laughs> proud of what I've done, you know? And everyone I talk to says they do the same thing. And so I agree. Like, if you're proud of what you've made, then then you're confident that other people are going to like it, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, I mean, yeah, imagine making a video and you're like, well, hmm, let, let me just put it out there. We'll see how people react. Like, yeah, no, like, that, that's not the right attitude. And plus, yeah, like, I mean, well, you know this you've noticed this probably yourself as well. The process itself isn't even always fun, the process of making them, because I'm always like excited watching the movie, and then, oh, uh, and then, oh, uh, I'm starting writing the script, oh, that's cool, cool. But then I started editing, like, oh, this is a lot of work, and I have to record it, and like, oh, the recording didn't sound, oh, shit, I have to redo retakes. And like, it is still, it is work, but then when the video comes together, like, you say you rewatch it a couple of times, like, oh, it was worth it. It was worth all the all the work, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to share, share it with uh, with an audience. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. So uh, I don't really have any more questions. I was, do you have any final thoughts that you would like to say, or anything you'd like to plug, um, or say anything to your fans before we come to a close? Um, well, you can look me up on YouTube. <laughs> I'm, I'm horrible reviews on YouTube. I've, I've been talking about the survey movie for a while. And yeah, I recently did, uh, well, yesterday we posted uh, the uh, Ultimate Beginner's Guide to the survey movies. Um, check it out. Like, um, we did a we did a live, yeah, we did a live premiere and like a lot of people were in, in, in the live chat and it, it was such a cool community, I noticed. And like a lot of people knew each other and yeah, that sounds like fun. Like, come over to the channel. It's, it's honestly a, a, a great little community. And um, just don't expect, yeah, like, just know that I might take a little break from the disturbing movies. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's a great uh, community. And, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, like, proud to be a part of it. As, as cliche and corny as it sounds, like, it is true. Like, I really noticed that yesterday the, uh, during the, the premiere. Yeah, the premiere was a blast. And it was so fun, like, having the different parts come up and everyone just talk about like react to everything. Like I, I remember the review that I did for um, Tumbling Doll of Flesh and I talk about uh, Tumbling Doll of Shit and everyone was like disgusted. <laughs> yeah, like, everybody was like pee pee poo poo in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a blast. Well, man, I enjoyed our conversation yeah, no, and uh, I had a lot of fun talking with you and uh, thanks for all your insight and spending time talking about your history and everything that you've done, man. Um, I wish you the best for the future and I have I hope you have a good night. Thanks, man. I uh, really appreciate you having me on. I had, I had a blast. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be hitting you up soon uh, just to, like, 
continue our conversation even in private but uh yeah i'm having a blast talking to you man so it's uh, I'm, I'm glad thank you awesome man <laughs> thanks bye thank you thank you for listening to this episode of the uneasy terrain explorers club if you're interested in checking out my other work please subscribe to my youtube channel cinemas underbelly where i analyze and review obscure obscene and controversial cinema as well as check out my label putrid productions Until next time, this is the Uneasy Terrain Explorers Club.